on page Paydalid. And um, I guess Dan didn't wasn't able to make it with copies of that. That's right. Try again. Yeah. Anybody will listen in. Okay. I'm just going to start with Tosafa Rav Omar. The mizonos of a person, a person's uh, earning a livelihood, is as difficult as the splitting of the Red Sea, as we know. And Kotev Lashono Bekitzer, because this is the um, content of his Lashon in brief. So the one who's writing this, is giving over what the Pelayoid said. Kiesh or panimi or makif. There is such a thing as an or panimi, which means a light that goes inside. There's an or makif, which means a light, a light that surrounds or encompasses. Or panimi hubachinas simsum. Or panimi means that the light has been reduced. Asher nitzam sem b'chol echad ve'echad and that or which is within each one of us is brought down to a point where it could be contained by a human being. V'yesh bo b'chinas hasaga and it's given over to comprehension. A person can be masik this light there's something about it that can be understood. Vaor Makiv, however, the light that encompasses reality, Einbo Bechinas Simpsum, it is not confined. Shalom Nitzan Seimatsmo Bekli, it has not been reduced and placed into a Kli, a vessel. Vuhu nikra bethinas ayin. And this light is called ayin, I guess. She'in bo shum hasaga, because we can't be masigit. Va'or makif kenegdo kefashecha ka'ora. When it comes to this or makif, this light that, light that encompasses, both light and darkness are the same by it. In other words, there's no chiluk between Tov and Ra. It's all light when it comes to that or makif. Kakosuv, as it is written, im If a person transgresses, what did you do to Hashem? Meaning that Hashem doesn't want us to do Averos, of course, it's against his Ratzon. If a person does an Avera, it doesn't damage God. God is not damaged by our Avera. He is not pleased by that. It's not his Ratzon, but we don't affect God. We don't take him down. His Etsem, his, his being, is above anything we could possibly affect. Because Hashem surrounds all aspects of the circle equally. It is known the following question of the Ran. Kevan Shavarashana Nidon Al Kolhainanam 
<coughs> being that on Rosh Hashanah we are judged for all things, how is it then possible that there are other fixed times in the year? For example, it says that on Shavuos we are judged on the fruit of the tree. On a Pesach we're judged on grain. The Ron asks, but we've already been judged for everything on Rosh Hashanah. So what does it mean that there's another deen on Shavuos and another deen on Pesach? On Rosh Hashanah we've already experienced a judgment as to our Tavuah and as to our fruit. Ah, but the matter is as follows. A person is judged on Rosh Hashanah Pirish, meaning Shemikol HaMitzvos Umayisim Tovim Shehoadam Oseh All of the mitzvos and good deeds that a person does Nimsha Chesed Ruchani Chesed Keel Tzachu Metzuch Tzach Alo Adam There is a certain kind of kindness and love which is based in Ruchni, in spirituality that flows on a person which is very clear and very refined based on all the chesed and tovim that we do. It generates a certain flow of chesed to us when we do good things. The acharkach then, bismanim hakavuim, at certain specific times, adam nidon im Then a person is judged whether he is worthy of having that flow of chesed reach him. That that chesed which we brought forth on Rosh Hashanah, which is a spiritual thing, will that come down and manifest itself in the physical world? The parnasa, either with parnasa, with making a livelihood, or other things, things that are necessary to bring parnasa to us, and other physical needs. So what he wants to say is that on Rosh Hashanah we generate this spiritual pool of bracha, but it's ruchni. It's there, it's spirit, it affects us in ruchni. On each one of those other Rosh Hashanahs, whether or not that ruchniyastik, a pool of bracha, will come down into the physical world, that's what we're being judged on there. Will it remain a spiritual bracha, which is, which is also nice, or will it come all the way down and not only be a, a bracha in ruach, but also begeshen, in physical reality too? Will that chesed of our nish- that's kind of touching our neshama manifest itself in parnasa, in food, in fruit? in grain, whatever that might be. And that's how each one of the Rosh Hashanahs connects with the Rosh Hashanah uh, in Tishrei. Yes, Lisa? Uh, I'm not sure if you're Right, he did, he did not yet make that connection. Right. He, he may bring it around. He may or may not. 
and he may not. Because it seems right. to be a parallel right. idea, the idea of Rosh Hashanah as being a spiritual light, like the Ormaki, uh, as opposed to the, uh, the other Rosh Hashanahs during the year, where it comes to the physical qualities. It's like and it's tangible. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that could be a connection. So yes, John? It's possible to be judged on Rosh Hashanah for Parnassa, but uh, not really have it fulfilled if we have uh, stagnated or something like that here in our advisory. That's what he seems to be saying, that we have to be Zoka to bring that spiritual pull of bracha into the Gashmiya world. That means another food besides what we accumulated on Rosh Hashanah. That's what it does seem to be saying. Doesn't it? Also, yes, like, of course, we say that it's put on numbers on it. It has, you know, $70,000, let's say. So you can get $70,000, or you could earn a hundred and then have a major loss of 30 So you have a lot of time with it. Right, it could happen in different ways too. Right, right, and there could be any number of pathways. Yes, Bruce. Does It would be really hard for me to say that. It would really be hard for me to say that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are. I thought it was sort of right. very terrified of this particular ten days. Right. It actually is the same. Chaim and Mavis. So, you know, how to fit this into that, I'm really not sure. It's a challenging thought in that way. You know, to what extent on Rosh Hashanah is the deen going to come all the way down and to what it, is it not? I don't know. I'm not quite sure how to reconcile that. If if you're going to have time, uh, there's got to be a chef up for time. There's got to be a flow, a force of time. So how much symptom or quality, what what aspect affects the the flow of life, are the, are the, are the qualities of life. So so we do have to be we do have to be in awe of the fact that. Our life is not a guarantee of Rosh Hashanah, that, that life hangs in the balance and, it, and uh, uh, we can, we can uh, be judged not to, show, not to continue in life. But if we're judged for life, if life continues on, if we pass through that moment, then what's the quality of life? Right. That's a nice thought. Then there's a miser from the Abderav that he went out one year in Kiddush Havana, and it was around Kislev time maybe the month after Kislev, I'm not sure. And he was very distressed. He was visibly distressed after Kiddush Malana. And um, he went out again a little later, and he was the Simcha. So the people asked him, what happened, Rabbi, why before you were, uh, seemed so bothered, and now uh, you're, you're showing that things are okay. So he said that when he went out the first time for Kiddush Havana, he looked up in the sky and he saw that all of the Parnassa that his city had been judged to receive that year, it was already used up by Hanukkah. So I had no, no Parnassa left for the rest of the year. So he was very bothered by that. And then he went out the second time and he, what he saw is that 
the same thing happened the previous year. And the previous year they were also had all their parnasa used up by Hanukkah time. So what Akadosh Baruch Hu did is he just gave to them out of his own pocket. <laughs> and he said, so I'm sure he'll do the same this year too. So those, those are the things that we earn and those are the other things that we don't earn, but Akadosh Baruch Hu can fill in. Here it's on the... Bruce, did you have a, a hand up? Okay. All right. That's a very <coughs> <laughs> 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 nice, my In case you ever think they used up, okay. I cut a square of his pocket and his uncle. Because you could report it with a tire his office, but he's actually really going to see it. Because he pointed the thing out, you know, either he's an elevator or he's always two minutes. Whatever. It doesn't mean that you really. All right. Just going to get the office. I want to make that second kid, you know, Matt. Yeah, being that we have another chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. How do you see that, Marshall? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And by means of Amuna, Shahilamala Mehadas, which is over and above what a person can grasp intellectually. But even though that there is certainly a realm of Amuna which is rational and can be understood. It's not illogical to believe. But over and above that, there's a realm of Amuna which is over, over and above Das that a person can grasp with Amuna something that we're not able to grasp with intellect. Our intellect is limited and our Amuna can take us way beyond the limitations of our of our intelligence. So that's what he's saying, that al yidehu amuna shehi lamala mehadas bechinas ormakif. Now he's connecting amuna to ormakif. Al shehem ma'avirim ayado tshuva ilah bechinas ormakif shehugam kein lamala mehadas v'sham kichashecha ka'ora. By means of amuna, a person taps into what is called the or makif, right? The light that encompasses the world that is not affected by tzimtzum. And amuna opens a person up to a kind of light that's beyond the kind of light that we can simply perceive with seichel. V'yochol l'hamshich ha-chesed adavorim gashmi. And then one can bring down chesed into the realm of the physical. So I believe what he's saying is this, that just like on Rosh Hashanah, a person gathers a certain spiritual pool of bracha, and that's ruchni, and it has to then be funneled into the world to become gashmi. There's another way that a person could um, access brachos that you might say come from beyond, and that's through amunah. The person's amuna is not bound, really, by things of this world. It can take us into a realm of what he called ayin. And through amuna, a person accesses that realm of bracha, which are beyond um, our own abilities of 
rational. Five. Vigam bekriyas yamsuf ki ha'ishtanus mitsura litsura miyam libayasha miyam liyabasha tzorich lahachnis has hadavar libechines helam libechines ayin. So he wants to say now that what happened at Kriyas Yamsuf came from a realm which is much higher than our world. For, for a physical thing to actually change, when water changes into dry land, then that means that spiritually speaking, at that moment of Kriyas Yamsuf, something happened up there in that realm of Ayin those worlds that are way beyond our world. Something happened up there. It flowed into this world and it had the capacity to completely change and transform what was happening in this world. So water changed its teva and that which was water was now dry land. What's that? When that realm of Makif is awakened, then it's possible for something in this physical world to change completely over into something else. And he's, he's telling us that it's possible for a person to uh, touch that realm through Emuna. V'zema Amoram, that's what it means in Chazal and Shabbos, Ein Mazal Yisrael. There's no mazel to the Jewish people, meaning that which is decreed and funneled into the world through the planets and the stars, a Jewish person is always able to reach above uh, that makom of the constellations and change what's flowing into the world. Then he's, he's saying, and he, he, the Rebbe, continued to say, on the other hand, it says everything is dependent on Mazel, right? The famous question that's asked. It says, Ein Mazel Yisrael. There's no Mazel for the Jewish people. And it also says everything is dependent on Mazel. That by accessing Or Makif, which is the source of where everything comes from, there's no such thing as mazel. It's above mazel. Ayidei tshuva ilah. Shenis over bechinas ein ayin or makif yesh mazel Yisrael. So he wants to say that, yes, when things do come down into this world, they flow down through the constellations, through the mazalos. That happens. So everything is dependent on mazel, meaning when that flow comes into the world and it's coming down through the mazalas, it's coming down and things are going to be affected by it. However, we don't have to be affected by that if we're able to reach into that realm that's higher than those mazalas. He says, therefore, both are true. Ein mazalis role means that it's not determined for us uh, what's happening in the particular mazal because we can reach above it. That's a mazal Yisrael. Once something is coming down the line, though, and it's been decreed and it's being delivered into the world, it comes <coughs> through the mazalas, and therefore hakol totally b'mazal. That's how he resolves the uh, the stira. And I think that the connection here to uh, kriyas yamsuf is uh, 
the one that he makes to Amuna. He doesn't say this, but it just brings to my mind that <coughs> before HaKadosh Baruch Hu split the Yam, he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Matisakelai, why are you crying out to me? Dabrel B'nai Yisrael speak to the Jewish people and travel. Move, move forward. So what were they moving forward based upon? Emunah. They were walking into the sea. They had to believe that they were walking into the Yamsuf and Hashem was gonna was gonna be with them. And that's the Kesher of Kriyas Yamsuf to Amuna. The very fact that they did walk forward, Nakshra bin Aminata. They walked forward. That whole the beginning of Kriyas Yamsuf was kind of triggered by the Amuna of Kal Yisrael. And by walking forward that Amuna brought down the Hashpa'a that changed the water into Yabasha, into dry land. And he's saying that for us, anytime we have we are strong in the realm of Amuna, <coughs> it's possible to tap into that realm and to change what's happening in the physical world. Yeah, Ruth. A little more the more story between the couple there. Rabbi Street and Yoni holding the film of Right. So there were things that changed from one stage to another. Right. But in this case the part talks about a wind that blows all night long. It seems to be almost a natural process that the Jews of course have to back into that first thing love as opposed to the one of the seems that one could read it and that's why the Bible says, Oh, it must have an earthquake and right. good timing, right. 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 timing. Very good timing. But it, it seems okay. to go against the shot of the water to make the yeah, the way the Torah Shabbat writes it, you could, you know, look at it that way. But our Torah Shabbat teaches us that Teva was completely changed at that, at that time. The Teva of the world was changed, the Teva of water was changed. And B'nai Yisrael perceived that Teva was changed. The, the amazing thing about miracles is that once a miracle is over, then people have the ability to <coughs> rationalize it and to say, well, it could have been this, as you said, and people are still doing that now with Kriyas Yamsu. But part of the nace was that we were Masi. We comprehended that it was a nace. We understood that at the time. It wasn't just some, you know, coincidence of nature, but this was a real change in the time of the world. Ordinarily, that's the case, you know. In this situation, Hashem Himself said, just move forward. I, I will fight for you, just just move forward. So we heard it from our Kaddish Baruch Himself. It's a good sword. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so. I've thought on the concept of being with the Israel, um, that uh, actually we see that, that uh, Yisrael is the name that Yaakov acquired after Kisarisa to be after him, after him had the struggle with the angel. Right. So maybe you can say that that Yisrael is that that Kuta, that that idea that a person has the potential to acquire. If you acquire the name of Yisrael, as Yaakov did, a Muslim has a place where there's no Muslim. But, uh, but in our world, as we as as our world of struggle, 
known that were affected by forces, including Roswell's, and they had the solution to that is to acquire the shame. That that is, you know, the shame of a, a person who's operating on a higher level. And Yisrael indicates that, Madrega. And he explains in the Torah, when the Torah goes back and forth between the name Yaakov and the name Yisrael, that really it's telling us that about a certain Madrega that he is going back and forth between, depending on his life circumstances. And the same thing applies for us, too. And the name Yisrael is Li Rosh, as forums say. And it does um, connote that, that higher Madrega. Yes, Don? Uh, the area of Ashkafa. So, there's general Ashkafa and specific Ashkafa. Right. So, is that parallel? Is, 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 is Ashkafa, is that... It seems to me that it is related to that. You know, and when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that the Umo Sa'ulam and that all the other creations in the world, that they are underneath Hashgacha Klolis. That means that they really are under the domain of Teva and the Marechas and the constellation. That's what Hashgach HaKlalit is, the way the natural world functions. Where Hashgach practice has to do with a Jewish person's relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, based on having a neshama and based on Torah mitzvahs. And we can rise above the Hashgach HaKlalit nature uh, of the world depending on how we lift ourselves in our relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's not constant. Uh, we could have, on a given day, a certain kind of Hashgach practice, and then based on our Avodah Hashem, be Zoha to even a higher level of Hashgach practice. Even to that point where the, the Misa that Ruth mentioned, or the Hineda Medosa, where uh, he was able, apparently, to say that the one who told vinegar to light, the one who told oil to light, he'll tell vinegar to, vinegar to light. Really reaching up into the, you know, into these realms of iron. And the physical world at that point is, you know, it's just going to follow whatever is given to it by its higher, its higher makaras. So, Hashgacha practice does change. And it's not one kind of Hashgacha practice for every single Jew. Each Jew has their own kind of Hashgacha practice based on, on their Bechira and what, what they've done with their Lord of Hashem. I'd say, did you feel like an ovate today? <laughs> it's not luck. It has to do with our Got to be careful with that because what we may be feeling may not be accurately reflecting what is. Yes, Richard. There's two aspects to it that I'm aware of. One is that it just has to do with how you throw. Period. 
And when Hashem wants to do something with Kal Yisrael because we are Bnei Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, then he will do that and he will operate in the realm which is the whole Yisrael, all the whole Jewish people. Yitzhak Mitzrayim, now that was something that the Jewish people experienced because that was Ratzon Hashem. That's one thing, and that a- any Jew can that, experience because they're a Jew. That's that, that, uh, directly Yeah, that means a Mazel Yisrael, one who is part of Kali Yisrael. Yes. Then there's another thing which is related to each individual Jew and how much they are underneath the Ma'arechas HaTeva, the structure of nature in the world. And then, on an individual basis, that kind of goes back to what I was saying to Dov, that a person can be Zosha <coughs> through their Meissen to live this a Mazel Yisrael kind of life almost for, for a very great person, you know, at, often to be at that level where a person who is not that level of an Ovid Hashem would, would not be Zohar necessarily to be lifted above the realm of, of Teva unless it was something that was there for all of Israel, regardless. Again, my question is, does really have to do with Meissen or strictly in your guess? On the individual <coughs> level, my understanding is that it has to do with Meissen what a person chooses and how they connect to our Kodesh Boraku on the individual level. On the Klai Yisrael level, it just has to do with being the Neavram Yisrael Yisrael. And then we, we have that because we are their, we are their descendants. It's not related to our minds. It's just, that's, that's the Ratzon Hashem. I'm Segula. Yes, sir? an idea where there's a certain uh, fear that people have expressed that people have material things come their way or having a shampoo kind of being under under this uh uh process because it may take away from something right there. so uh, this that that's really the question comes that fit in we were in a situation where we were really davening for something specific that we felt we needed and actually, you know, there was a that that actually happened. Is there, is there some kind of contradiction of actually <coughs> for what we want because of it may have a negative long-term What we try and do is be Miss Paulo for those things but not based on our suppose. That's that Rashi and Parshas Vazhan, and that Sadiqim always ask Hashem for something not based on their zechus, but on Hashem's chesed. Because if we ask based on our zechus, it's possible that we could use up a little zechus now and not have as much later. But if we're mispalo to our based on Laman Rachamecha, Laman Chastecha, Hashem's kindness, Hashem's love for us, we're not saying we deserve this, which is also presumptuous. We're not saying that. We're asking Hashem out of, out of His love for us, and then with God's help it comes, with, then we don't really need to be concerned about it being uh, deducting from our own, our own zafuya. 
That's also one one of the reasons why we don't we're not Miss Powell for a nace because when something happens by means of a nace, then it could uh, deduct from suppose the same Tana from Mithanina Mendoza that that story from him that he and his wife were completely impoverished and uh, they dive and then there was a you know a golden leg of a table that came down or whatever it was and then he he gave it back because he saw it was going to take away from their golden table in Gan Eden, so uh, he gave it back to Shemaim. Just an interesting uh, Gomorrah there that says that a hand came down from Shemaim and took it back. And the Chachamim say that, as great as it was, that a hand came down to Shemaim to give them the gold, it was even greater that a hand came and took it back. That's even greater than the first thing. But we're talking about, you know, Anita Mendoza, right? Right. <laughs> she was willing to. She was the one that, she she was the one that told them to send it back. Right. She right. was concerned. Lisa? So, what's your take on this? Or, you know, what's your well, in general, orphanimi means the kind of hashpa or emanation from a Kurdish Borahu that we can grasp. You know, life, food, intellect, something that we can grasp as he calls it, which has been sub subject to symptom, <coughs> that we're calling orphanimi. It's workable. Ormak, if are the things that are affecting us in our life on a regular basis that we, we don't grasp. It's called shining on us from afar, that we're just simply not massing what it is, but it is affecting us. Are, are these continual and ongoing yes. aspects of what you are? Yes. They're, they're both happening all the time, or panimi and or makif. And there's also some fluctuation because an or makif can sometimes become internalized. You know, the way to say that is that something which at some point is beyond our comprehension becomes comprehensible. It does turn into an or panimi. That, that does happen. Yes, these are ruchniyastika concepts. And with an or panimi, it does take a manifestation like, like children, like bracha in life, like seifa. But it trickles down yeah. from the roof of the sprouts and then it comes down. Yes, yes. Okay. So these are all, these are beautiful manifestations of the original life creation. Yeah. As opposed to, we're not talking about the sun from the start. Spiritual life. That spiritual life. Spiritual life. Well, it came into being at the time of creation. Right, that's when it came to be. Okay. Yes, Shukala. Uh, 